back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff. With me, a staple, a stalwart, the man of the hour, my full-time faculty member, John Lida. Ladies and gentlemen, John Lida. John Lida, ladies and gentlemen. Lies, lies, vicious lies. <laughs> Except for that last part. Well, yeah, no. I, uh, and the hand claps. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, and it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. So thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Uh, I know that we are busy here, and it's one of those things where we try to keep up uh, and we do the best we can with what we got. So a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Yes. Ready to drink cocktails, seltzers, and basically the movement in that industry. RTDs. RTDs, ready to drink. And we have something you brought that yep. a student got for us. Yes. That I really wanted to try on the podcast because I've tried the original flavor. Yes. And so this is going right into booze clues right away because we have a couple of things, just a lot to talk about, to be honest. It's probably going to end up being two podcasts, but we have a lot to talk about. And I want to talk about Mountain Dew Hard Baja Blast Zero Sugar. Which I have never had. Neither have I. Nor, I, 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 nor I, I, have I had the Diet Mountain Dew or the Zero Mountain Dew. Right? Okay. So, I've not had either of those because so, that's what you like. No, truth I be like full flavor because I'm full body. <laughs> truth be told, I do drink uh, Diet Mountain Dew on a regular basis for probably mostly the caffeine because the majority of people in this state and probably the continental United States and the outlying communities of the United States are probably addicted to caffeine. No. Yeah. Get out. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to say anything that's not true. Yeah. So I've had my three coffees. <laughs> I had a Red Bull. <laughs> I had a five hour. Yeah. And you're barely conscious. And I'm getting ready to drink this. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it'll wake me up. Well, I'm hoping so. So this Mountain Dew is 5%. Um, it's an interesting thing that they collaborated with somebody. So it, we're seeing that a lot more, the collaborations, right? Yeah. Yep. And we're seeing big companies like Pepsi and Coke get into this uh, hard, we'll say, alternative beverage market. So does uh, the question for you, uh, Mountain Dew, do they have a DSP? No. They don't? No, I, th I think this went through somebody. Else. You know what? I don't really know, to be quite honest. It ha would have to say on the can, government warnings there, uh, brewed by... Wow, that's really not legible. Green Rebel Brewing Company. Ooh, that's not legible at all. In Indiana? Really? Maybe? No, Tennessee. Excuse me. Well, the birthplace of Mountain Dew is near Johnson City, Tennessee. Yeah. It was first commercially produced there. Mountain Dew, of course, another word for I moonshine. Can't, I can't say that because it's illegal. Moonshine. Illegal. No, it's moonshine. It is. It is that uh, untaxed. Kids don't do moonshine. No, don't do that. With the Boston Beer Company. So they must have signed up with Sam Adams. Interesting. Yeah. So it it's a 12-ounce ball can. Um, it's interesting to see the movement in this part of the industry, like these ready-to-drink cocktail things. I don't know where the, the limit is, but uh, it's also interesting to see the non-alcoholic like movement in the industry as well. So mm -hmm. there's like this dichotomy happening right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Whether Here, I'm going to open it. Oh, that, that's that good. good. I got to add that to like little, the opening. A little low on the carbonation, but that's good. All right. Like, give me your glass. Because what we want to do is... Uh, you got to make me get up. No, not get up. Uh, just try it. Okay. So as it's pouring, it is... Wow. Look at that color. That looks that like... That is not natural. <laughs> that 
that looks like Windex. That um, is not natural. That, well, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew products. You are. Um, I have, you know, truth be told, I've had uh, the Mountain Dew hard product before, but not the Baja Blast, which this is. So I wondered because Mountain Dew is usually yellow and this is like a greenish blue. It, this is like. It's like Windex. It, well, Windex is even a little more blue than this, I think. You're right. You're right. This would be like the off-brand Windex. And there's the not, inexpensive Windex. There's not a lot of carbonation. No, which there's just a few just, bubbles cascading just from up the, in it. Just from the sound of uh, when you popped it. Yeah. And that's probably because of the alcohol content, right? Well, or it's uh, it's coming from the fact that this might be a little bit older. But you've kept it cold. I did. July 2022. So... It's still in date. Yeah, it's in date. Um, we should be in good shape. And the date is on the bottom of the can. I'm willing to give it a try. What do you t- smell and taste inside of it? I'm sorry. I already tasted it. No, I know. But you smell it and you taste it. And I mean, even getting so, it. So within, the, sm- the smell's not unpleasant. I get like that artificial blue raspberry smell. Blue raspberry. Yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit of bubble gum. Yeah, yeah 100%. A little bit of bubble gum. Uh, I get that old, like, icy blue raspberry smell, though. Mm. Yeah, that was your generation. Well, we didn't have all the fancy. <laughs> Listen to you now. We didn't have those fancy lick'em sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blue, uh, blue Kool Aid. Yeah, as well. It's interesting though. Isn't there it? is no carbonation in this whatsoever. Not really. So somehow the carbonation is gone. It is a very interesting flavor. I get that artificial blue raspberry flavor. I do yeah. get the bubble gum. One hundred percent. It's not bad. I mean, no. And at five percent, I think that. Over, over some ice. I think people need to be very, very careful with this product. Yes, because it's very sweet and drinkable. Yeah, it, it's very and sweet. And they need to keep it away from their kids uh, because this looks like something a kid would well, and that's want the to thing. pick up and drink. The can um, is very, very similar to other commercial products out there that are soda pop. Yes, and this is very soda pop flavored. It is. So if a kid were to pop the top... And drink this, they probably wouldn't know the difference until a little bit, well, maybe about 15, 20 minutes later. Yeah. And they'll get surly. And then they started getting, yeah. 100 calories per serving, though. So there's going to be some artificial sweeteners in here. I can see where this is is kind of refreshing, though. I do understand the market that they're trying to go for. Uh, I mean, if I mowed the lawn, it's hot and I would want something kind of quenching. I, I could see where this would scratch that itch. Mm, that's too sweet for me. Well, you're old. Yeah, you're true. <laughs> you're tr- you need, very, to, you very need true. to drink like a Bacardi, in, or not a Bacardi, a Campari and soda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, see you like that bitterness, though. That's, yeah. a, that's a different story. Um, so that, that uh, I can understand where they're trying to target that. It's interesting. It's relatively clean. There's a little bit of metallic flavor, but I think that's from the some of the artificial sweeteners and maybe from the forced carbonation. But I don't. I don't hate the product. And you have Mountain Dew to taste it against. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was just getting ready to say I have a, a Mountain Dew here that I'm tasting it against. The, the original Mountain Dew is much sweeter for sure because it, it doesn't like, have the alcohol. No, it well, have that bite. It, not the alcohol, but it, with that can, twelve ounce can, only containing. 100 calories, it definitely has artificial sweeteners in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to with only 100 calories because if it was containing actual like high fructose corn syrup or even cane sugar, it would potentially, you know. There's another flavor too. It's kind of a little 
there's a, there's a hollowness to it that's hard to describe. A hollowness, interesting. Yeah. No, I got you. There, because there is something up front. Yeah. And then there's something in the way background, but there's nothing really kind of in the middle. Yeah. There, there's no body per se. There really isn't. Yeah. There is uh, like it doesn't coat. It's it is refreshing. Yeah. It is, and that's what I'm saying. Like you mow the lawn, and uh, because you're a hardened uh, vet of the industry, you want something that's like a giant punch in the face. Like a, no, I you just, would drink a Campari and soda, would you not? Right now, I would. I would want something that was balanced. Okay, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, uh, me drinking the regular, ver- not the Baja Blast version of this, but like the regular version of this. Um, to me, it tasted a lot like a Mountain Dew Zero. Mm-hmm. So there was, it was what it was. You know, it, there were, there was a. I enjoy soda pop. I've I never always I, have. I've never had the Mountain Dew Zero. No, yeah, and that's the and thing. I have had Diet Mountain Dew, which I think is a little bit sweeter than this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I had two of those this morning, not because I wanted to, because I'm addicted to the caffeine. But yeah, I've never been a coffee guy. I've never been a tea guy. You're not a Red Bull guy. No. You're not. You're not a five hour energy guy. No, I'm not. I'm not. And that would like scratch the itch a lot faster, but maybe I don't yeah. know. All right. Anyway, this is very interesting. Thank you. So that it, don't thank uh, me. Th- thank, you brought it with you. Thank the student. Yeah, thank actually uh, the student that brought that in because it's a very interesting. You know, talking about these particular products and these things hitting the marketplace right now. As a parent, you have to be very careful. You know putting stuff in your fridge and other things like that. But seeing the ready-to-drink market explode as much as it has, uh, sees, I mean, I see the writing on the wall. I can see um, a lot of products going this way. I'm going to say right now, with that can and that packaging and with kids of a younger age, you know, maybe not preschool, kindergarten, that, that kind of age, um, not elementary school even. But uh, kids, junior high, yeah, high school students. Yeah, junior high, high school what. Well, Actually, more like junior high and maybe some elementary. But they saw if they saw that can sitting in my fridge, they would probably think it was for them. Yeah. So be careful. Yes. Uh, but I think I think overall, as an experience, it's not that bad. No. It. I. I you know, honestly, I wanted to hate these products, and I don't. Yeah. I really don't. Some of the seltzers I've tried, some of the RTD stuff I've tried, I've been a big fan of. Me being, and you being a booze nerd, let's be honest, we've tried a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, I think that's called booze clues. <laughs> and it is booze clues, which we started, uh, honestly, we really started with because what I wanted to do is loosen you up. Yeah, see the method to the madness? Because I wanted to talk about welding, which okay. I know you've had a passion for for a long time. Okay, yeah. Truth be told, I know one of your children is is studying welding. He is. And, and he's a much better welder than I am. Well, that I was he, self-taught, and he's getting the, the full on. Which is great, yeah. because you're going to be able to learn from him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... There is a lot of things out in the marketplace right now. There's going to be some used equipment. There's going to be some new equipment. And recognizing a good weld from a bad weld is very important. It is for it's, folks buying stainless stuff. Especially in our industry. Um, and, and this goes back to, I would say, the early 90s when the craft brewing business started to, you know, 
peak. Rocket, yeah. Started to peak. You had a lot of people on the equipment side of things get into the business thinking, I can do this, but they didn't really do a good job. And you're starting to see that again. You're starting to see people get into the business thinking they're going to turn a quick buck because tanks are expensive, you know, piping's expensive, things like that is very expensive. And I'm going to turn a quick buck and they don't know what they're doing. Well, so welding is welding is very important. So let's go back. Okay. Early 80s and 90s, people were buying used dairy equipment. Yes. And you did retrofitting and retrofitting a bunch of stuff on it. Yes. So taking a food grade container meant for something else. Right. And applying it to this particular beverage. Yeah, there was a lot of cutting and uh, welding and a lot of repurposing. So when, when someone's trying to make a food grade weld, let's let's just talk about that particular weld. Okay. So a, a food grade weld, if you, if you want to get to the very basics, okay, a good weld on the outside is clear, no imperfections, no occlusions, anything like that. And on the inside should also be the same. Yeah. There shouldn't be any pockets, anything yes. for anything yeah. to hide in. Yeah. So it takes, uh, it takes some experience to do that. And it's an it, art. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's, it's amazing. And usually you're using uh, TIG welding, which is uh, tungsten inert gas welding or GTAL gas. GTAL? GTAL. <laughs> Which is way more fun to say. Yeah. Gas tungsten arc welding. Uh, so you're using that method uh, to do it because it's very pure. And you're also purging, if you're doing pipes and things like that, you're purging those. And I think they call it tubing, not pipes. Because well, pipe, pipes are thicker than tubing. Yeah, yeah. And well, all anyway, stuff. You, so you have the tube yeah. and you push <clears throat> this inert gas through. Yes, yeah, so you make clear, sure, yeah. clear all the oxygen out. So the inside of the weld... Looks as good as the outside, outside of the weld. Of the and and yes. what should it look like? <clears throat> so, well, the outside should look, it should look nice. No discoloration, anything like that, right? A nice crown I, on I've it and everything. I've always heard like a flat stack of nickels. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, nickels, it, dimes, if you want to yeah, call yeah. it well, nickels, well, dimes. If it's yeah. smaller, yeah. it's like dimes. But if it's yeah. a bigger, it's a, yeah. like a so, flat stack of nickels. So on the inside, it should be a smooth surface yeah. all the way around. No starts, no stops, no inclusions, nothing like that. No pinholes or anything. No boogers on the inside of your there's nose. No, yeah, there's no boogers on the inside of your nose. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is purging stuff. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're welding inside of a tank or welding a tank or something like that, it's very difficult to purge the whole tank. Well, yeah, you're inside there. You still need to breathe. Yeah, so there's ways to do that as well. Sure. Um, it's very important to look at welds to make sure that they don't have inclusions. They don't have spotty welds. And and you can tell the difference between a bad weld and a good weld. It's like burnt sugar. Yes. So it has those little like... In fact, they call it sugaring. Yeah. It, like pockets. Yeah. Like a craters on the moon. It has these little indentations. Yeah. yeah. And you can't fix and that's, it. And, and you can't fix it. You well, got to cut it out I've and welded, start over. I've welded here. Yeah. And I've showed you yeah. that I can do that. And I laughed at you. It, because Wait, did I... I? <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> you totally did. And you were like, that's an example of a bad weld. <laughs> Actually, I think I used it with some of the No, hey, and that's fine because I migged a lot. And mm -hmm. a mig is like a caulk gun with mig, metal. Mig is just shooting metal. Yeah. 
That's all it is. Yeah, liquid metal, and you, yeah. and you fill the gap. And, so, and, and, so, and I need a lot more practice on the tick side of things. But that being said, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to provide you examples yeah. of really poor welding. Yeah. <laughs> really, really poor welding. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's why we do that with the students here is, is let them – Try it. Well, and they 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 understand how yeah. hard it is. They understand what a good weld looks like, what a bad weld looks like. Well, and they can um, recognize that if yes. they buy something used. Yes. If they buy something off the market. Yep. You know, they can see where the value of making sure that the integrity of the product that they're trying to make is going to be consistent. Yeah. Because it, and it, it, it's really about. Whatever comes in contact with the product. Yes. So the outside welds could look like crap. A hundred percent. But the inside welds, the outside have welds to be, ha, has to be perfect. The outside welds could look like I did them. Correct. The inside welds have to look like you did them. No, like my son did them. Well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But anyway, they have to be, you know, devoid of any pockets, any uh, potential microbial activity, or, you know, just... When you go to clean the inside of that vessel, they have to be ready to rock and roll. And we, we want to look and make sure that those welds are looking good. Yeah, and that's very difficult, uh, especially for welds, if you're doing a long a long run of tubing. If you've got something 20 feet down there that's welded and you can't see it, you need to make sure that whoever's welding it, you run a borescope or run a, run a camera down through there to make sure that it looks looks okay because you can't just open it up and look at it now no, some, you of the, can't. So, some of these some of these things that we're doing um they're uh pieces and parts that are very small and you can look at the inside wells you can yeah. you can feel them to see if there's a gap yeah if there's a gap or, or if it, a if rough it surface or yeah, any if, of that if, yeah. if, if they didn't have full penetration on the weld and there's a gap then that's that's a place that things bacteria and, and little beasties can yeah, can harbor right. in potentially okay. quality yeah. control yeah. uh problems yeah. from there to who later so you want everything smooth in there you want it smooth yeah and you want it to look like nickels or dimes or whatever you want to call yeah. it on the inside very very smooth and the only way you're going to get that is full penetration and um that, that went <coughs> full you, you're talking easy. about making sure now i want to be really careful here easy you want to make sure you have the heat of the welder correctly so that the two things you're trying to join together correct have enough when you're talking about penetration because i want to keep this above board this is yes i know we want to make friendly. sure yeah we want to make sure that we have enough heat to basically melt a little bit of that metal together and fill it. You want that whole joint to be melded together. Yeah. So that there, there is full intercrystalline connection between yes. the two. Yes. You want them like if you think about holding hands. Yes. With someone you love. Yes. Doesn't matter who that person is. Hold their hand right now. It's sexy time. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I've had one of these drinks. Yeah. You're looking awful good. <laughs> So when you interlock your fingers together like that, that's what we're trying to experience with that weld. Without any air pockets, without any... Correct. Yeah. So Correct. That, that, that's one of those things where, you know, you can physically think about that inner crystal. So there's a lot of things that can happen with and, a bad and, weld. And, and, and also when you talk about that inner crystalline, when you talk about the crystalline structure of the metal. Yeah. And it's like uh, so, if, you, if you have a bunch of dice, like cubes that you stack up. Yep. Yeah. You know, it can be a very solid structure or it can fall apart really, really easily. Okay. You're right about that. Yeah. 
but there's also some other stuff that's going on with the metal. Oh, 100%. As you heat it up, it changes that metal structure. Yep. And so you want to make sure that as you're welding, you're not changing that chemical structure of the metal so much that you degrade you degrade the integrity of the metal. Yeah. And also, especially with stainless, if you're using the wrong filler rods which, and things which like that. you have to use yeah. when you're talking if you're about using wrong, If you're using the wrong filler rods or if you, if you have cross-contamination with some iron, anything like that, you have to make sure that that is taken care of and passivated yeah. properly. Yeah, so it has the oxygen layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that you're not going to get it rust later on. Well, and if you have rust later on, blame your welder. Getting it and too your hot. welder needs yep. to cut it out. Needs and to cut it. that, cut it out, and redo it. Yeah, because if you have iron inclusions inside of a weld, there's no way to fix it except for cutting it out. It, and that's really the only way. Yeah. And so typically, um, especially when I was looking for when I was looking for sanitary welders. I would make sure that they had separate stainless grinders, stuff. Yeah, 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 separate yeah, yeah. grinders, you things have to. like Otherwise that. Otherwise, it will it for mild it. Yeah. separate separate grinders for stainless things like that. Because if you're using the same grinders for both steels, mild steel which has high iron content, and stainless steel which has you know lower zero iron content, um, you want to make sure that that's not cross contaminating. So no, and it, and that's a thing that you. You know, there's going to be some used equipment out there. Yeah. Look at the welds. Look yep. at the interior of the yep. tanks. You can you can clean tanks. Yep. You can't clean a bad weld. No, you can't. You can't sanitize a bad weld. Yep. You so cannot. if there's any questions, contact us here at the CBI locally, and we'll be happy to help. I mean, you're the welding expert. I mean, you've been welding for a long time. I have been welding for yeah. a long time. You used to weld when it was just two sticks rubbing together and make fire. Wait a minute. Suck <laughs> Uh, thank you for Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms for sponsoring this podcast. Taste the way you remember. Again, Danny, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, John, for being here. And we will uh, talk to you real soon. Cheers. Cheers.